Canuck Central draft coverage on Sports at 650 is brought to you by the Vancouver Giants. Season tickets are available now. Join the Giants for their 22nd season in the WHL. Visit VancouverGiants.com slash season tickets today. And uh, the Canucks first pick yesterday, Jonathan Lekaramaki, was uh, taken by the Giants in the import draft, though it is uh, expected he will stay with Jurgarden in uh, Sweden for the upcoming year. It's too bad. I mean, it's probably the best move for his development, but it would have been pretty cool yeah. to uh, to have the Canucks' top prospect uh, playing with the, the uh, Vancouver Giants. Uh, they did get relegated, which is uh, yes, a thing in uh, in European hockey, which I love. Uh, but uh, so so that actually means uh, he'll be playing in the Allsvenskan, not uh, in the top Swedish league, but also could mean that he gets uh, a prime opportunity because uh, some of the veteran players on that Your Garden squad uh, may leave and stay in the top Swedish league. So I, it could I, be a good spot for Lekaramaki. So growing up, yeah. huge Urgarden fan. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I even like knitted a Urgarden uh, <laughs> scarf. I have it at home. I got to show it to you wow. guys. I do. I have a Urgarden scarf at wow. home that I knitted myself. You got to bring it to UBC next week. I should. I should bring it with me. <laughs> uh, I got to find it. My parents have it somewhere. That's at their incredible. Place. I got to find it. Uh, but yeah, huge Urgarden fan. And if if if, if you would have told me 20 years ago that Urgarden would get relegated, wouldn't have believed it. Wouldn't have believed it. <laughs> I mean, this is. I mean, so it's not. Is this? It's. I'm sure it's not like like, like Arsenal United or something going getting, down. Uh, but yeah, give relegated. us the give us the Premier League. Uh, call. No, I mean, no. Honestly, like Eurogarden for a while. And hey, I'm sure we have some Swedish listeners who might be able to corroborate this and, and get back to me. Now, hey, I haven't been following Eurogarden as closely the past you know <laughs> 25, 26 years or so. But you know, they were a team. I would say that Eurogarden for a while was essentially like the United and City. You're talking about, you know, one of the premier top teams, you know, always in the final, spend money on their team. You know, they played in um, in Globen, which is a big arena in Stockholm. That's one of the biggest arenas in, in, in Sweden and everything like that. And yeah, I mean, uh, you're sorry. Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had, uh, I mean, the... With with the way that they had the the three young guys this year, Ogren, right, and uh, and they were in the, they were playing on the U twenty team. Yeah, and then they late in the season got yeah. uh, got moved up to the. the Please help squad. us, yes. <laughs> Please help us. We need it, uh, and uh, that's where Lekaramaki, uh, even at the the top level, still was scoring goals and uh, ended up with the most goals of any player draft eligible in uh, in the top Swedish league, even though he didn't play a ton of games. At the top level, uh, your garden also uh, home of Kim Kalstrom, right? Yeah. Did, yeah. Okay. That's that's where I got it. Yeah. And also uh, ex Juventus goalkeeper uh, Andreas Isaksen. Yes. I mean, the Urgarden system, good soccer team. The soccer team was never as good as their um, the hockey, team. hockey team. The hockey team was more really, of a hockey program. It was right? a hockey program. Yeah. It was like Aiko was, was AIK was also really big in soccer and in hockey back in the day, but they were better in soccer than hockey. You yeah, you can but. tell we're in the final, like, 10 picks of the seventh round when <laughs> Reach is breaking out former Juventus goalies to, <laughs> to tell us about. Man, I thought Andreas Saxon was going to be one of the, the greats, and it uh, didn't really turn out, though. At least not for Juventus. Not yet. We'll see. He probably go somewhere else and it's fine. <laughs> so, uh, and Kim Kalstrom was just uh, legendary back in the day. Uh, all right. Enough of that. <laughs> so, when it comes to uh, what happened uh, this weekend at the draft, you know, I kind of, uh, looking around the league, uh, people are, are starting to give their takes on uh, on the Vancouver Canucks selections and 
you know, I guess there are those that uh, want to see the old Bill Belichick uh, trade down and collect a few extra bullets for the draft type of uh, mantra. The Canucks didn't do any of that. They kept their six picks, made their six picks, and now it's up to seeing how those kids develop. And this is a team that hasn't had a ton of success in the later rounds in recent years. We are yet to see, obviously, what happens with these players. Very early projections on them, I think, seem to be somewhat promising from what I can glean off of the players they have selected today. But uh, it seems a little bit hasty to make uh, snap judgments. I know that's kind of our jobs, yeah. uh, but uh, it seems a little bit hasty to make some snap judgments on what the Canucks were able to do here on this draft weekend. Well, especially when they don't have a second-round pick, right? You're talking about third, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh-round selections that they've Long made. Shots. And I think it's, yeah, it's reasonable to always say you should trade down or whatever, but it comes down to your list. And, you know, we were talking about these players that the Canucks have selected here, and even Damian Gardner, guys like Cam Robinson had him 52nd overall. You know what I mean? And he was picked, what, in the fourth round by the Vancouver mm-hmm. Canucks? So you look at it from that perspective, the Canucks are obviously higher on him, and even some of these other guys. And I think the Ty Young one is the one, the goaltending prospect that has raised a lot of eyebrows. But considering how late he was drafted, fifth fifth round, but the, th- the thing too was, you look at the profile, it doesn't look great. Well, as Chris Gear mentioned to us, like it's an Ian Clark, it's an Ian Clark exactly. pick. I mean, what are we? Who gonna, do you trust? We're going to sit here and second guess it. I mean, I that's know again that's kind of our job, but okay, it's an Ian Clark pick. You yeah. have the benefit of the doubt until it starts not working out. Right? And I would say this uh, for all the for all the criticism about the Canucks' last couple of drafts because they haven't had enough picks. They didn't have a first or a second last year, right? No, they had a second round. Yeah, pick. the they year before that, no first, no, no first, second. no second. The year before that, and they traded a lot of picks away and all that sort of stuff. But even last year's draft, Klimovich. You know, I still wouldn't sell the stock. 18-year-old playing, and, you know, we'll see what happens with him and all that sort of stuff. But, man, Koskin Vuau, I think he's going to have a big year next year potentially playing at Harvard as a goaltender. And he was a guy that kind of went a bit higher than people yeah. thought potentially, right? But then look at the uh, the, the other guys they, defend, they drafted. Lucas Forcell, Jonathan Myrenberg, right-handed defenseman. Both those guys played in the SHL last year in their first year of being drafted. And we talked about them a bit earlier. I think those guys have actually been very good mid-to-late-round picks for this Canucks team. So... I would be careful when we're getting too critical with their selections. Yeah, not everybody's going to work out. But I actually think that their process in last year's draft in the late rounds and seemingly what they're doing this year makes sense. And I'm and I'm intrigued to see how it works out. Yeah, it feels like, uh, you know, one of the Canucks draft strategies is like, Ian Clark, you get one pick yeah. every draft. Yes. <laughs> we don't tell you where, but you get a pick. Hey, round fifth or later, yeah. go up. Go nuts. Yeah. Go make a pick. Well, it's funny. Gear was telling a story about Silovs and how, like, that year he was drafted. He, he Clark kept saying, draft him here. And they said no. And he yeah. got pissed off. They wouldn't draft him in the fourth. They wouldn't draft him in the fifth. They finally drafted him in the sixth round. He was beside himself with, yeah. with glee and giddiness. Uh, and uh, it seems to be uh, working working out uh, so far uh, with the Koskinvuau pick and the Silovs pick. Um, it, you know, very early days on this, but uh, Lekaramaki, a really exciting goal-scoring type pick. But one of the things that we kind of get uh, mixed up in when it gets to the draft is here's organizational needs and... Uh, well, the Canucks haven't necessarily identified any of those, right? They get a goal-scoring winger in the first round. They draft a few left-shot defensemen. Uh, they get one centerman uh, in Damon Gardner. So they're not exactly adding depth 
through the middle of the ice into the organization. But two things on that. You know, it takes time uh, to, to build out depth in your organization when you've been uh, trading away draft picks, as Sat, you just mentioned. Also, the whole idea of needs is you're not necessarily going to fill your organizational needs in a draft. Certainly not one draft, but you're not going to do that necessarily Mm -hmm. through the draft. If the Canucks are going to get some organizational depth, they're going to have to do it with cheap contracts and free agency. That's just the reality of, of the situation right now. And look, we always talk about best player available going into the draft, right? But now we're sitting here and it's like, well, they didn't add any right shot defensemen. Well, do you want them to be addressing the needs or do you want them to take the best player available, right? Because it looks like what they did, they took the best p- player available. And the reason you do that is because in the long run, you're going to have not necessarily those specific positions, but you're going to have more general depth in your prospect pipeline that you can use as currency to fill those needs that might crop up, right? And as you said, Reach, I mean, especially, you know, after LaCara Mackey, who even for a first-round pick might take a couple of years to make it over to the NHL, all of these other players are long-term projects. So you actually don't know what your roster is going to look like three years down the road when one of these players might be knocking on the door to the NHL. I see people saying they needed a second-round pick. Why didn't you get one? Here's a question. If you couldn't get a second-round pick from Myers... If you're not getting one from those other guys, would you were, were you willing to settle for a second-round pick for a guy like Miller, essentially? Do you want them to trade up into the second round? They were trying to get a second-round pick. They were. And I think they tried with guys like Myers and all those sort of things. It didn't happen. Yeah. They could have got a second-round pick if they moved Miller, for instance. Is that the deal you want to make? I, I understand the frustration. People like, you know, Kerry North Van says they need more. It's, it's underwhelming and all that sort of stuff. But people look at this team and say they don't have too many tradable guys. They have guys you could move away, but it's hard to get a lot of assets for them. But then they get mad that they don't get good assets for them. It's like, yeah. you got to be realistic about what's here. And we even said the price might be a second for Myers. It's probably not being met. Mm-hmm. You know, So it was going to be hard for them to get that second round pick. We'll see if they work it out today. But if you're being real, if you're being realistic about everything that happened, I mean, who, who are we talking about trading for a second round pick that would have been reasonable today? Uh, that's ultimately uh, the Canucks conundrum and why uh, it's such a difficult way forward for Patrick Alvin and Jim Rutherford. Uh, Bruce Boudreaux guested on uh, the NHL Network had a pretty fun experience meeting uh, his favorite WWE wrestler in that moment. Uh, here is uh, Bruce Boudreaux uh, with uh, Jackie Redmond and I believe EJ Raddick on uh, the NHL Network. If there was anything happening like trades or anything like that, I'm sure... Jim and Patrick would say, hey, listen, what do you think? And and if I knew a player that they were after, they would talk to me, but none of that has happened. So it's been a pretty quiet uh, two days so far. Yeah, but, uh, you know, it's nice to kind of mix and mingle again, right? We haven't had to, we haven't been able to do this in a while. No, we haven't had to do it. And, and the one thing about the draft that I think everybody likes that's involved in hockey is you see people that you haven't seen all year or for a long time. Like coaches don't get to see the scouts anywhere and then a lot of those guys were your teammates at one point uh we'll get you back in on uh, what bruce boudreaux had to say on nhl network but uh now joining us uh, with the vancouver canucks uh, director of amateur scouting it is uh, todd harvey thanks for this todd uh draft in the books how you feeling <laughs> uh pretty good a little a little tired i mean they're long days but uh, we're real excited uh um you know for, for what's uh gone on here for us in the last couple of days 
you know, uh, we'll get to the first round pick coming up in a bit, but we've had yeah. so much fun with the fact that you guys picked the, the, the other Elias Pettersson in the third round. I mean, <laughs> obviously the best player on your board, that's why you took him, but yeah. could you guys help but laugh a little bit about it? Um, you know, I thought it was neat, yeah. but, uh, obviously he, he, he was drafted, you know, not because of his name. Yes. Um, you know, he was because of the player, the player he is. And I think that, uh, you know, he should be proud of, uh, what he's accomplished. Well, we're, we're certainly going to have fun with the name. Uh, but looking <laughs> at the, the headliner, of course, is going to be the first round pick 15th overall, uh, Jonathan LaCaramacchi. What was it about this player that made him the right pick at 15? Right, have a good summer. Um, obviously, um, you know, the, the shooting, the skills, um, you know, he, 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 we had him on our board and we were really excited that he was there. I mean, uh, um, I think we've got a, a real good player, a good person. And I think that, uh, the sky's the limit for him. It, it really is the shot that kind of jumps off. Uh, just watched some tape after you made the pick last night. Um, he, like, could he be the best shot in the draft? Is that how you saw it? That's how I saw it, but uh, I also, you know, really like his playmaking ability. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's a smart player. He's able to put pucks in good areas and, and for his teammates, and, and he's able to, to see the ice real well. So that kind of drew us to him. And obviously, you see the shot and the release and stuff. But uh, the other parts of his game, um, you know, really, really sealed it for me. Well, one of the things that I noticed from just the the videos and tape that I watched a little bit of him, and, and this is something that we, we talk about on the postgame show a lot, as one of the most underrated traits for good players in the NHL, and that's being able to pick up any pass, right? Being able to handle mm-hmm. the transition. His hands seem incredible. It seems like he can, he can pick up a grenade without a problem. <laughs> I don't know if you'd want to do that. Yes. But I think, uh, <laughs> uh, I think he, uh, you're definitely right on that. He's, he's got very nice hands. They're soft. They're able to you know, control bouncing pucks and, um, you know, that, that, that's a skill in itself. I know every prospect is different. And you don't want to commit to any sort of definitive timeline, but what do you think the next couple of years look like for LeCaramacchi? And, you know, depending on his development, when do you think he might be ready to, uh, to make a push to the NHL? Well, uh, that, that's, that, I was asked that question earlier here, and I think that, uh, you know, obviously our development staff is, is, is going to be uh, in, in good contact with him, and, um, you know, they'll put him – and, and put him in a position to be successful. And, and uh, you know, I, I really can't tell you timeline-wise, but, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, every player wants to come to training camp and make the team. So I'm sure that's his thought process, but uh, we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that. One of the things, uh, just uh, quickly, you know, kind of uh, getting as much intel on Elias Pettersson as, as I could, uh, real physical defenseman, is that one of the, the traits you really like about him? Yeah, he's got some bite in his game, and that, that was appealing, the competitiveness. And, I, I, you know, I'm, I was real excited that he was there. And I think that, uh, um, you know, he's he's also, a, 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 you know, a real good skater. Um, he's one of those guys that, uh, you know, I've seen him play over in, in his club team. You know, he, he moves the puck well, and works. he was working the power play. And, and uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, obviously everything put together, he's, he's got a real good chance here. Well, and does he kind of project as a bit of a new age defensive defenseman that can do a bit of, you know, moves well, moves the puck well, but really the focus is being strong in his own end? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he's willing to sacrifice and, and, and block shots and, and play with that bite. And, um, that's something that, uh, you know, that, that takes a lot of courage to do. And I think that, uh, you know, he's a special guy to be able to do that. 
In the fourth round, the next pick after Elias Pettersson, uh, the big center, Damon Gardner, who's actually going to be playing in Chilliwack uh, in the BCHL next year. What was it that, uh, that that made you zero in on Damon Gardner with that pick? Well, obviously our, our guys, our scouts did, did a lot of homework on him and were very high on him. And I think, uh, you know, credit to them that they, they, they you know, did the work on him. And, and uh, we're real excited with the, with the way he can skate and set some good size and they really shoot the puck. So, um, you know, expecting big things. It's, it's, uh, he, uh, he looks like a real good player. How hard can it be to, to project a player? You know, uh, Gardner specifically um, played most of this past year, I guess, still in the high school system and then later graduated to the USHL. How, like, how hard is it to tell the, the, the measurables when, when they're playing um, at, at a level that they could just absolutely dominate? Well, that's why our guys do their job. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but it is. I mean, obviously, I think that uh, you know, um, you know, projection. We're looking at attributes, and, and and he's got a lot of them, and that's something that uh, you know, you, what doesn't matter what league you're playing. If you have those attributes in your game, um, you know, it gives yourself a chance to, to be a player. Well, and then when you're looking at guys like that, right? That you know, still has a year to go before he's going to go and play um, in in. in uh, in, in college hockey, yeah, you play, yeah, yeah, you can play some college <laughs> hockey, and you yeah. look at the long-term projection. Is that a classic case of you watch a guy and you're like, in three to four years, this is the projection we see here in this guy? Well, that's that's what we're looking for. We're hopeful yeah. so. he's going to go back and, and uh, get his confidence, and and uh, you know he wants to be ready to be, when he does go to the uh, college that uh, he's going to be ready to make an impact right away. Uh, in conversation with Todd Harvey here on Canuck Central Sportsnet. 650 and just looking down the list of some of the other picks you made you know we talked about the the size and the physicality and the skating ability uh, of Elias Pettersson with the uh, the pick in the third round mm-hmm. does a lot of that a lot of those same things apply to Jackson Dorrington uh the pick from the, in the sixth round yep yep for sure he uh definitely uh has has the same quality some bite in his game and he's physical and um you know our guys in, in the U.S. there really thought highly of him and uh, uh you know followed him and, and watch his progress throughout the year and you know he moves pucks well and, and defends defends the net and around the crease and he's going to be going to school and hopefully he can step in and get some good ice time and, and really develop his game how much input does uh, ian clark have on uh, selecting a goalie ah you know what we it's a it's a group process and uh you know obviously uh, he does a lot of work and we work closely with him and um you know i think uh it's a good mix of uh you know he's you know obviously he's a uh, guy that knows a lot about the position and and uh you know our scouts stay in touch with him and make sure that we're we're helping each other uh put put the right list together what was it uh that uh that that you guys got excited about ty young because obviously i mean the body of work isn't isn't big yet only a few games in whl spent a lot of time in ajhl and you know not a lot of a run this past year but what was it about his game that you guys see and project long term well i obviously we liked everything about him um you know i think our guys in the west thought uh you know, he got he he came and played uh, played very well at the end of the year, and, and uh, that was something that, that uh, we like his size, we like his athletic ability. Um, but uh, you know, we we're, we're, we were excited actually to get him where we got him. Uh, your final pick, Kirill Kudratsev, uh, looks like he's got some offensive flair to him. Yeah, puck moving guy, and, and our, our scouts uh, here were real real high on him, and we were happy to get him in, in the pick. We didn't think he'd be there, and uh, you know, he's a guy that. Uh, you know, came over here and, and uh, inserted himself into this 
Matthew St. Marie lineup and, mm-hmm. and slowly worked his way up to being one of their top defenders. So, um, you know, he's got, got some good real puck moving, and uh, we're, we're excited to have that. Well, and, you know, I started looking at your draft class and, you know, you guys, you picked a bit of everything. You got a goalie, you got wingers, you got centers, you got defensemen. And obviously, organizationally, you guys are looking for more righty defensemen. But you guys, but and this is not a criticism, but just about how yeah. the board kind of fell through. I mean, I'm sure that's what you wanted, but was it just yeah. a situation where the best player just happened to be a lefty on the back end available for you guys? They're, they're pretty hard to find those right ones, yeah. aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we take the best player available, and, that, and that's something that we've done, and that's just the way it worked out. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, left, right, we'll have to teach him to play the other side. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Todd, just from a big picture perspective, you know, this is the first draft with Patrick Alvin at the helm, uh, you know, lots of new faces in general in the front Mm -hmm. office. From from your perspective, how would you say the process was uh, this time around at the draft? Um, You know what? It was great. I, I, you know, the the communication, you know, the meetings, we we talked this list up and down and, and made sure that we did our due diligence and, um, I think uh, you know it's it's been a it's been a great process you know so far, and I think uh, you know we're only going to get better. Well, and uh, you know before we let you go, I wanted to go back to last year's draft a little bit, and I know you guys didn't have the high picks you traded down and everything like that, but uh, one of the things that we talked about on this show, especially with with how some of those guys have performed the past year, especially guys like Jonathan Myrenberg, the righty defenseman yeah. playing the SHL, and Lucas Forcell. Just quickly going back to those two guys, those are late round picks too. How excited are you about how much those guys have progressed and, and how much promise they've already shown a year after being late-round picks? Yeah, we're real excited. I, I mean, uh, obviously it was a tough draft year because uh, of COVID, but, uh, you know, we, we, we ended up uh, getting um, uh, Jonathan, and he had a real good year over there. And um, we're real excited to get him here to de- development camp and, uh, and uh, see what he can do. Todd, really appreciate the time. I know uh, it's been a busy yep. few days. Uh, enjoy, uh, enjoy poutine and some uh, and some drinks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, thank you. Take uh, care. There is uh, Todd Harvey, director of amateur scouting for the Vancouver Canucks. You just took BPAs. I mean, he joked about the right hand defenseman. I'd say the biggest criticism I saw from Canucks fans uh, was didn't pick up a righty on the on the back end, right? Yeah. I mean, as much as the sweet stuff, they picked up a couple, you know, big center. They picked up some defensemen, so they they, they hit pretty much everything, but they were not able to draft a righty defenseman. Those guys are definitely hard to find. Um, you've just, you've got to trust your board, yeah. right? Like that's, if you stop trusting your board and you start, start reaching for other things, I mean, it's just not the, the way you want the process to go through. And uh, if you trust your board, you trust your evaluations, you hope that the right things play out for you. And you try to find right shot defensemen anywhere you can. And you don't want to be in a situation a couple years down the road where you reached on a guy because he plays on the right side, and the player that was actually above him on your board is you know developing to the prospect you thought he could be, but you got nervous because of your you know the lack of right-handed defensemen, and and you you jumped up and took a guy too high, right? Like th- those are the situations you want to avoid ultimately. And you know who knows? Maybe uh, maybe they didn't feel the urgency to take a right-handed defenseman because they're they're getting one back in an impending J.T. Miller trade. Yes. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> uh, it could uh, it could absolutely be that way. We hope to uh, catch up with uh, Damon Gardner, the fourth round selection of the Vancouver Canucks, in just a few moments. So uh, we'll take the break after that. But uh, certainly, you know, with with Todd Harvey there, you know, even the Elias Pettersson pick, they uh, obviously thought he was just the best player available. Just a happy coincidence that he has the same name as the Canucks star centerman. But it's you know they they did get three defensemen here and however it looks maybe you wanted the right shot all these different types of things 
they found three defensemen and all have you just need to find more and find guys that are going to eventually provide the depth into this organization that it desperately mm-hmm. needs. Yeah, and you know, I am at a spot here with this team where they clearly need more draft picks. They yeah. do. And you know, nothing's going to change um your outlook, your likelihood of getting more players than having more than the allotment of draft picks. Even this year they had one less pick than they're allotted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because the second round pick wasn't but, there. Well, you look you look at the last 3 years, they've only picked twice combined in the top two rounds yeah. in three years, right? as opposed to the six you'd normally yeah. be allotted. That's If you're looking for the reasons why there's not the depth, that's mm-hmm. pretty much it right there. Yeah, and, and to be honest, and this is the point we made, and we asked them about guys like Myrenberg and Lucas Forcell, because those guys have actually performed well after the past year. So you look at the guys the Canucks have drafted outside the first and second round and the promise they have, it gives you a lot of optimism for the, this year's draft class. Uh, let's bring in uh, one of the newest members of the Canucks organization drafted in the fourth round this year. It is uh, Damon Gardner. Thanks for this, Damon. How are you? I'm, I'm good. And yourself? Uh, we're, we're doing awesome. Uh, congratulations on, uh, on getting drafted. How's the, how's the week been for you? Thank you so much. Uh, I'm super excited. I'm back home in Eagle Lake, Ontario. Um, I'm surrounded with family, so happy to be here and happy to be with the organization. What was uh, what was today like? You know, kind of going through it all, you knowing that today is the day you're likely getting drafted. What was your morning like? And what was it like getting through everything? Yeah, for sure. You know, obviously a little anxious, but uh, I was super excited. You know, when I heard my name called, I just, you know, I had no words. <laughs> I was speechless. So. Yeah, congratulations, Damon. That's an incredible moment, and as you said, to be to surrounded with uh, with family for it is is really really cool. Uh, for Canucks fans listening, I mean, tell us a little bit about uh, what kind of player you are, your strengths, and and what the Canucks are getting here. Yeah, for sure. So I use my size a lot. Um, I also have good speed. I'm a playmaker, and uh, I like to play gritty. So. Yeah, I I, I, I got to say, I, I uh, Googled your name when they were drafted, and one of the first hits that came up was HockeyFights.com, and you've got a couple of videos <laughs> on there. You look like you're pretty accomplished at dropping the mitts already. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an interesting road uh, you've been on here. You spent time through Winnipeg, Nebraska, Minnesota over the past five years. You, you've been uh, quite the, the traveling hockey player, Damon. Yeah, for sure. I've been... Uh... You know, my sisters, they kind of, they played their high school hockey in uh, World, Minnesota. They got D1 scholarships out of it. So I kind of followed them there. And then after that, I went to Winnipeg in grade eight, played a couple of years of academy hockey, and then ended up in Omaha last year. And then this year I did a little bit of Omaha. And then uh, back in World playing high school, and I played postseason with the Tri-City Storm. And then next year, I'll be playing with the Tri-City Storm as well. So looking forward to it. Well, and, you know, when you look at your next season and you're taking that step to play and play, play at that level and even beyond that, like, what are you looking at for your next two years? What to accomplish next year and where to go the year after that? Yeah, for sure. So for my last year of juniors, you know, I'm just hoping to dominate this offseason. It's huge for me. Um, I'm looking to get bigger, stronger and, you know, faster. It's always not a bad thing to get faster. So it's kind of what I'm looking on on doing this summer. So, yeah. And how exciting is it for you to, uh, you know, you're already committed to play for the, the Chilliwack Chiefs in the BCHL, so you're you're coming right to Vancouver's neck of the woods, and you're going to be very close by the organization next year. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, but for next year, like, my last year of juniors will be with uh, Tri-City yeah. in the USH. So I'll be there next year, and then the year after I'll be with uh, Clarkson University. 
Uh, so Damon Gardner joining us uh, here. Uh, how was that transition? I mean, you're, you're dominating high school hockey there in Minnesota, 45 goals in, uh, in 30 games. It's not, it's not bad. Um, but um, you make the jump to the USHL, and from what I can, I can gather, you know, maybe the production wasn't there, but you were playing pretty well. How, how was that transition? Yeah, for sure. You know, going back to high school is really fun, seeing, seeing some uh, old familiar faces. It was good. Kind of just got school out of the way. And then, you know, that gave me a confidence boost when I went back to Tri-City. Um, you know, I hopped in the lineup right away, playing 10, 15 minutes a night. That was pretty good. And then, uh, you know, I was getting, like, grade A scoring chances every game. So those chances were there. I just, you know, this upcoming year, I just got to, you know, find that find that bear down, you know, kind of just finish on all, the, all those chances I get. So, Who are some guys in the NHL you like to model your game after the most? Um, I would say Anders Lee, kind of like a two-way gritty centerman can make plays. Awesome. Uh, Damon, how's, how's your summer looking? You got big plans? Yeah, it's, uh, it's going good. I'm, uh, training in, I'm training in Winnipeg, Manitoba five days a week, and then weekends uh, I'll come back to Ontario, uh, go fishing with some family, and, you know, it's good stuff. Uh, awesome. Uh, really appreciate you joining us here. Congratulations on getting drafted to the Vancouver Canucks. Thanks for this. Yep. Thank you. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, there is, uh, Damon Gardner, uh, of the Tri-City Storm in the USHL. Uh, there was, uh, thought that he was going to commit to Chilliwack, but, uh, we'll be staying with the Tri-City Storm. Yeah. I saw those reports when the pick was made, but as he tells us, and we'll, we'll trust his word on it. Yes. <laughs> things, not going to be the case. Things are fluid in that sense. I mean, even, <laughs> even, even yesterday, I mean, with Lakaramaki, who has been drafted, the rights belong to the Vancouver Giants. And, you know, that came out, but then there was a pretty, uh, pretty quickly, Lakaramaki said he's going back and the Canucks said he's going back to play in Sweden next season. It's interesting. Um, <clears throat> And a really uh, fascinating comparable that he gives himself. You know, when you think about players like modeling their games after somebody, you think of like, oh, he's probably going to say one of the best players in the league. And hey, Anders Lee is a really good player, scored he's a lot really of goals, um, a $7 million player in the league. But uh, not a name I was expecting uh, from, from Damon Gardner. Uh, we'll talk more about the Canucks draft class. Hope to hook up with uh, Yannick Hansen as well as uh, the final hour of our draft coverage continues on Sportsnet 650. Final hour of draft coverage here on uh, Sportsnet 650 with Canuck Central. Our NHL draft coverage on Sportsnet 650 is brought to you by the Vancouver Giants. Season tickets are available now. Join the Giants for their 22nd season in the dub. Visit VancouverGiants.com slash season tickets today. Dan Richo, Satyar Shaw, and Jamie Dodd here on Sportsnet 650 for the NHL entry draft, we were no on trade. all night last night. No trades. Sats pissed. There was no trades. Luke Cunning got traded today, Sat. Yeah, that was a big one. Come on. Woo. It's like yesterday. Dan's like, well, are you happy now, Sat? It's like one trade happened. It's like one big player got traded. It was an exciting beginning to it the was. draft, right, with the Slavkovsky pick and then the wheeling and dealing between Montreal and the Islanders, the, the Canucks and Islanders report. Yeah. Then it dragged quite a bit. Yes, I don't need to tell is. you guys you are on air. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> 
<laughs> the uh, so Los Angeles acquired a seventh round pick in 2022 oh, from the Boston Bruins in exchange for a seventh round pick in the 2023 draft. This this was the last draft of the NHL, entry, uh, oh. the last trade of the entry draft. NBA offseason, watch out. <laughs> um, kind of funny how uh, how it's all worked out. But yes, uh, Luke Cunnan uh, was acquired by the San Jose Sharks today. Uh, so that's uh, one of the first big moves from Mike Greer. That was uh, one of the player trades. We've had uh, kind of a wild week and couple of days. I mean, hey, Alex Gorgiev is now on the Colorado Avalanche. Peter Morazic is on the Chicago Blackhawks. Kirby Doc is on the Montreal Canadiens. Alex Dabrinkit is an Ottawa Senator. So... All of these things happen, and I still think that we've got a ton more to come in the next few days in the lead-up to free agency. Not just from a Canucks perspective. We know they've still got some work to do, but overall, I think there's gonna there should be uh, quite a bit of movement around the league over the next little while. Well, um, it's one of those things that um, I'm just skeptical on how many trades are going to go down yeah. for the Canucks specifically at this point. Uh, maybe one, maybe two, but I'm I'm not looking at. Okay, could we see a bunch of minor little trades that happen? Sure, you know those things can happen. But let's say let's talk about guys that are on the roster as significant assets. How many trades are we expecting from Vancouver from this point out? Like realistically, and well, there's the one big one. Yeah. Well, <laughs> is it going to happen even as far as you know, let's, that? I like you can't bring back the same core. Like no, I just you say that, but I mean we're sitting here and nothing's happened yet. I mean yeah. we can sit here and say you can't do this, you can't do that. Yes, they can, and yes, we will. I mean, it's like the reverse Kyle and, Dubas. And sometimes inertia is the easiest thing, right? Yeah. Not making a move is always easier than making a move. But, you know, to your point about how what kind of moves we might expect and when, other than the big headlining JT Miller trade, you look at a lot of the other potential pieces the Canucks might want to move, they seem like guys who maybe, once the dust settles on free agency, teams have more of a sense of exactly what kind of cap flexibility they're working with or lack of cap flexibility they're working with. Maybe that's when they touch base on a Tanner Pearson, right? Or even a Connor Garland. You know, a Jason Dickinson, if there's a a contract-for-contract deal to be made, those feel like deals that can happen later on in the process rather than in the lead-up to free agency when teams are trying to kind of set the table for what they want to do. Yeah. Um, In the meantime, who doesn't like uh, pissing contests between GMs and agents? There is one brewing. Okay. Between... Cam Talbot's agent, George Bezos. Not is he any relation? I don't think so. To Jeff? It's Bay B A Z O S. Is that okay. the same? Is that the same? B E Z O S? B A Z O S. Jeff is B E Z O S. It's not the same. Bezos. All right. Is it Bazos? George Bazos. Maybe Bazos. I don't know. Anyways. Cam Let's Talbot's not get lost agent. in the weeds here, guys. <laughs> yes. Let, let's not bury the lead. All right. Uh so Cam Talbot's agent, George Baz- Bezos. Met with the Wild GM Bill Guerin. This from Pierre LeBron during the third round here. We both stated our positions. Bezos, Bazos said via text message, Billy has a lot to think about. This is after, of course, the Minnesota Wild signed um, Mark Andre Fleury to a two-year contract, and they said we have both goalies. So Cam Talbot's agent told Pierre LeBron that Bill Guerin has a lot to think about. Not just that Guerin has a lot to think about. That Billy has a no, lot to Billy think about. Is a direct a quote in Pierre LeBron's tweets. Um, you know what? I'm going to read this verbatim. And if you have kids, put this is this is journalistic. I'm going to read this verbatim journalistically, all right? Just so you guys know, FYI. 
Garen, I don't, I don't have to, I, I, I don't have to do shit. Cam Talbot's under contract. George can say whatever the hell he wants. My team's set right now, and the, and that's the way it goes. We can have all the discussions we want. Cam's a member of our team. We really like Cam. All we're going to do is win. Wow. Yeah. Again, that's you know what we're allowed to. That's just all I'm doing is reading a fact. That's all it is. I like uh, I like Bill Guerin's style. Just goes goes on a radio interview and just absolutely sewers Kevin Fiala and trades him (laughs) and then trades him. Now he's like, oh yeah, I can't tell that you want to come after me. This this exchange sounds like um, something between a a parent and a toddler. Like Billy has a lot to think about. It's like (laughs) I don't have to think about anything, (laughs) and then he loses it. Just like a petulant child, he goes Caillou. It's funny how uh, towards the end of the year, uh, after they traded for Flurry, um, Bill Guerin's uh, line was always, "Oh yeah, him, him, and uh, Cam Talbot and Flurry get along great. You know, they 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 love the situation. They just want to win hockey games." I think it was a Talbot's wife went off on social media, <laughs> and then it completely blows up in his face how Flurry played in the the opening round of that that series. And uh, they end up losing. He throws Cam Talbot in for the Wolves in uh, in that game six after the, the Minnesota Wild are already teetering against the St. Louis Blues. Not great. Not a great look for the Minnesota Wild and their GM uh, with that situation. So we'll get back into all of that. Uh, Todd Harvey did speak with us, but uh, we wanted to be able to let you in on what he had to say with media. Here is uh, Canucks Director of Amateur Scouting, Todd Harvey, speaking with media in Montreal. They've worked hard, they've done the, done the work, um, went to the games, traveled in cars, traveled in planes. Um, it's a lot of work and, and they've put in the hours and, and uh, you know, it's, this is a big day for them. Drinking good coffee though? <laughs> Not bad. Uh, he, he was someone you had your eye on going in? I've seen him quite a bit, seen him earlier in the year, um, seen him at the end of the year, seen him in between. Um, you know, I, I like what he brings. Um, good skater, moves pucks, plays with some bite. And uh, what I really liked to watch the World, Cha- World Championships was uh, he was injured. Five on three, he wasn't playing. They were down. They put him on the ice for the five on three and he didn't shy away from blocking shots. And he didn't play the rest of the game. So that tells me something that he's got stuff in, in inside. So he, uh, he, yeah. he mentioned that you guys, uh, that there was nothing from your interview process that stood out. Um, while keeping your eye on him, um, was it one of that you were almost trying to slow play or, or why do you think it didn't stand out to him? Well, you don't want to give it away. You can't be telling them we're going to take you, and then you never know how the draft goes. So, um, you know, yeah, you, you try to keep all your cards close to your chest, and, and uh, you know, you want to give too much information. But uh, we've liked him for, for a long time. With regards to having a first-round pick, oh. your first time as a director <laughs> of amateur scouting that, uh, that that's been the case, um, what was your view on Thursday night as the draft board unfolded a little bit unpredictably. Um, yeah, it was interesting. We we had our list, and uh, you know I think uh, were we surprised pleasantly, um, but uh, I think that uh, you know, we got a great player, um, one of the pure shooters in the draft. Uh, 
good skater. He's going to get stronger, bigger, and uh, expect him to do some real good things for us. In that spot, you imagine had a few options. Yes. How hard is it not to drop back and take an extra pick to do that? Take the best player available. But there was conversations, I'm not going to lie to this, um, but for me, uh, it was too too much player for me, and uh, I think we picked the right one. When you talk about a player getting put into a position where he's not, he can't even function, but he's somehow still there's a judgment from the coaches. This kid's got the character going along with that to his pass. How often do you actually look at the way coaches act towards their players? Well, we're all, yeah, I guess you do a little bit, but I think it's more, you know, we're looking at the attributes that the player has on the ice, and, you know, that, that's one of the things, but also the homework that we do, talking to coaches, talking to different people, um, watching a little bit of that, but, uh, you know, he's, he, he, he had a, a year that was, you know, junior 20, up, did well at the SHL level, scored some goals, um, got confidence there. Then he got sick, um, and then you know was off for a while. Came back and played in the World Championships, and it's pretty good for being being off the ice. And, uh, the talent that he has with the puck and able to find spots on the ice, and you know, I think uh, I think we found ourselves a pretty good pretty good shooter. Before we go, some of the other through some yep. of the other players later in the draft, working with Patrick for the first time, uh, some new staff. Uh, on the analytics side uh, across the board. How did your role change as a result of new direction over the course of this process? Well, my role, role never really changed. It was more, uh, you know, giving the staff confidence to, to do their job and, uh, and trusting the staff, and, and, and that's that's what we've done. And uh, credit to them that they, you know, they worked their, their tails off out there and, and pounded the pavement. And, we're, we're real happy with what we've done today. So obviously a lot of offensive skill out there with Jonathan, but when you look at things in his game that needs to improve, I know he mentioned going to the net harder, things like that, the situation's going to set up for him. Al Spenskin, is that a good spot where you guys like to see him next week? Um, I, I think I'll leave that up to the, the, I'm, I'm, I'm the, I'm the scout, I'm not right. the development guy, so, um, but I, I mean, obviously with the SHL getting times, he's not in the SHL, but still a pro league over there, and it's a good league, so, you know, we'll let that let them handle that. And, but uh, you know, when I was over there watching him in the SHL, it's a good spot. Uh, with uh, with Jonathan, obviously, as you mentioned, he's a pure score shot first type of guy. Uh, but Patrick seems to have some confidence or belief in him as a potential dual threat player. Um, how do you view his playmaking as a potential secondary asset, and, and whether that's an underrated part of his game? I, I agree 100 percent with that. And that's one of the reasons. Yeah, he can shoot the puck, but that's not just what he does. I mean, he's he's got good good vision. Um, he's able to put the puck in good areas for his teammates. Um, yeah, I definitely see that, and that's one of the reasons why we picked him. Do you think your view of his playmaking upside was maybe higher than the rest of the industry? Do you think that might have played a role with him being available? I think so. I think uh, you know. Our scouts over there thought very highly of this player. Uh, it wasn't just because of his you know, shooting. Um, you know, obviously, all these young guys have a lot of work to do. Um, 
you know, it's uh, still the NHL and it's a big step. This is just the first process for them and now the hard work begins to, to develop their game so they can be, you know, impact guys and at the next level. With a player like Gardner who played up a level and didn't particularly produce, mm -hmm. um, how do you wait, you know, for four points in 14 games in the USHL with a player who otherwise seems to have raw skill. How, 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 what goes into making that decision? Well, I'll tell you, uh, our, our, our U.S. coach are very high on this guy. Uh, you know, I've seen him a couple times. And I like what I see. You know, obviously, size and the ability to play both positions. Um, you know, and you know, I put my trust in, in my guys that you know, they feel strongly about this guy and the development path that he's going to be on. And, think that uh, you know, it's a good pick for us. Why is he deferring uh, NCAA? Is it just a raw toolkit? I think it's I think it's the right way. I mean, take your time. It's not a it's not a it's not a sprint. It's a, it's a process. And, and uh, coming from high school, you know, you take a little time and build yourself and build his confidence. And I think uh, he'll be in a good spot. And when he goes in, he probably wants to make an impact. Is there a conversation with player development about? Having a touch point with a player who will be local, like local in Surrey in the VCHL, <laughs> that probably helps a little bit. You don't have to travel as much, right? Um, I, I don't think we really look go down that road, but I mean, uh, uh, you know, we have guys all over the place now in different areas that, that, that can reach out and be be in contact with, with our with our players, and um, you know, really excited for that. That's going to be a good process for us. Some left shot defensemen, no right shots. Uh, they're tough to come. They're tough to come by. <laughs> Maybe I should come back and play defense. That was a right shot. <laughs> um, you know, everybody, everybody's looking for that, and obviously we take the best player available. And uh, I think that uh, you know we've got to get them to use a straight stick and be able to do the. Yeah, uh, Bobby, Bobby Howe, shoot both ways. So, I know Ian has things he likes, mm -hmm. but how does that process work? Well, we work together. He works with our scouts. Um, you know, obviously, you know he does a lot of work. Um, very knowledgeable, and uh, you know we, we we help him along the way with with what we see. And uh, you know, it's. Uh, our Western guy there thought very highly of him as did uh, Ian. And uh, it was, I thought it was a good time to, to make that pick. How nervous are you guys picking the Russian? Yeah, I mean, I think if you look today or yesterday's, people were taking them. So, I mean, anytime stuff like this goes on, it's, it's, uh, it's unfortunate. Um, but uh, we have confidence that uh, you know, he's able to, to play. He's able to, He's going to be in Sault Ste. Marie next year, and, and uh, you know, I think he's worked himself well up into their lineup this year. He's a big part of it, and I think next year he's going to be even bigger part. So, good puck moving defenseman. Yeah, and he's a high pedigree guy in terms of his import draft slot. Yeah. Um, 
It seems like he's got a pretty different profile, though, than your fourth-round pick and your sixth-round pick, who seem to have been size guys who didn't mm -hmm. produce a ton. Um, what goes into assembling this sort of class, and is, is part of it wanting to have a balanced class at the end of the day? Well, we, we, we always kind of do, but I think, like I said before, we take the best player available on our list, put our list, and kick it. We go up and down that list and kick it around the corner and bring it back again and, and uh, put it together. I said our guys had a really good feel for him, um, and uh, we're excited to get him actually. Uh, the last two drafts have been mostly online <laughs> process, but also like in, in the moment itself, but also how we have to scout. What were things you learned from those two years coming into this year? You're kind of back into the job as normal. Mm -hmm. Well, it's uh, they're long days. <laughs> That's for sure. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, it's good to be back. You know, for some of our guys, it's their first draft live, and uh, um, you know, it's really exciting for them. And, and as it is for all of us, it's accumulation of our hard work all year, coming into the one day or two days. So I think that uh, you know, it's, you get on the floor, there's energy. It's, it's really exciting. You feel like you're playing again. When you're looking at uh, your sixth round pick, Jackson Thornton, uh, sounds like he's going to be an immediate guy to play with Northeastern next year. Physical uh, guy. Uh, what are you kind of expecting from him as a player? He's six foot two, has a couple options, jumping right in and playing still We like his, you know, he's got some hardness to him. You know, he's obviously got a lot of things to work on, but I think that's a good path for him. And, and uh, you know, uh, he's, he's just got to come with his skating a little bit. And, you know, and like any young player, they all have stuff that they want to improve. And I think that uh, it's a good, it's a good spot. He's going to be, he's able to jump in there and get some ice time. Great. And a player like that, it seems like, it seems like his name was out there a little bit to get at him in the sixth round. Is that a somewhere you guys were really happy with? Obviously. I don't know. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we were we were pretty happy. And like I said, you know, you know he's a guy that, that our U.S. guys really followed and focused in on. And, and then as for Elias Patterson, the second in the organization now, uh, very good uh, defensive defenseman. Obviously, those are some things that he kind of stands out with. But what else in his game aside from just being good? Like, well, you know what? I watched him with his club team, and he was getting power play time. And I actually seen him with a big one timer when I was in to watch the club team score the next goal. Uh, but his puck moving abilities moves very well. And, uh, you know. He's a little bit bigger than I am. I think that some of the sheets have him down is uh, that size, but he looks like he's maybe grown over the last little while. But, uh, you know, we look for him to improve his improve his game. Uh, you know, when he's over there, and uh, you know, obviously if he's able to get some power play time, get some confidence out of way. It's only going to help him down the road. Um, so, uh, when, we, when he gets, you know, comes over here. But mainly looking at him, like, was the defense part of the game obviously something that kind of initially drew you guys in, or was it the... Yeah, and I think the skating part of it, yeah. too. But I think really it was uh, the way he played. I mean, I like the, the heart. He, uh, he, uh, he's, he's a guy that's going to put his body on the line to, to win hockey games. And that's a competitive thing for me is big. You, you have to be competitive. I think uh, he's got that space. So that was one of the things that kind of drew me to him. And all the other things are just involved. That is uh, Director of Amateur Scouting, Todd Harvey, speaking on the uh, Canucks draft class. It uh, started with Jonathan Lekaramaki, 
finished off today with Kirill Kudratsev in the seventh round. The Canucks selecting uh, a winger, right winger in Lederamaki. Three defensemen, a setter, and a goalie. That is how they round out their draft class for 2022. 